Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who make this such a special place to live, work, and Great show today. Before we get to our guests, I want to just share one quick uh, something that somebody posted on Facebook that I, I think it's, it's it's a theme of the show. If, if there's nothing else, this is it. But here's what it says. When our time on this earth is done, money and material things will not matter. But the love, time, and kindness we have given to others will shine on and live forever. You know, that's a lot about legacy and how we treat each other. I think one of the things, if there's a theme of this show, there's certainly goals, and we're going to be talking more about that here in just a second, but there's a theme. It's about paying it forward. It's about caring about your friends and your neighbors and your family and your coworkers. Um, I think that there's a core value in the DNA of coastal Mississippians that, that makes this such a special place, that we care about each other. And I, you know, I think when people visit here, they see that in us. Um, I think that's one of the reasons we're so darn resilient when we get hit hard by natural disasters. But, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's always good to be reminded of that. You know, t- take a minute and freeze frame your moment and thank goodness for the friends and family and neighbors and coworkers and this great community that you live in. Um, I think that's just really good advice. Okay, so anyway, we're going to shift gears now. It's been a while since I had my friend Anthony Wilson the chairman, the president and CEO of Mississippi Power with us. And uh, he's going to be joining me today for the entire show. How you doing, Anthony? I'm great, Ricky. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, yeah. listen, I went back and looked at, I was just kind of doing some research. I wanted to remember, you know, when we first met. And it was one of the first, like, first couple of weeks we started Coastview. So it's been uh, nearly three years ago. It's amazing. You know, I know you've been on the show a couple of times since then, but... Over 5,000 people interacted with that conversation. I thought that was interesting. We, we get insights on Facebook. So people care about your leadership. And I think, you know, one of the things that, one of the comments, I looked in the comment stream, and actually one of the commenters was Jerry St. Pay, of all people. He went into the comment stream. And here's what he wrote. He said, Anthony Wilson generates, along with Mississippi Power, an engaging community leadership that keeps the Gulf Coast in the forefront of economic development and quality of life. I thought that was terrific. And you would expect Anthony to, excuse me, Jerry St. Pay to make such an observation, but but he certainly knows. Um, it's been my experience and through so many different iterations of my career and on so many different dimensions that Mississippi Power has always provided a tremendous um, a tremendous leadership in this community. And, and let me say one more thing. And I, just to remind folks that didn't hear that conversation, that, you know, this has been true of just about every leader that's, that's led your organization. But you're certainly no exception. If anything, you have kind of a leg up on all of them because you're from D'Iberville. You're a coast, coast of Mississippian to the core. Um, you, you've had so many opportunities to represent this community on the state level and economic development efforts, et cetera. Um, as uh, you and I discussed in our first discussion, 
you're married to a Croatian, a woman of Croatian descent, just as I am. That makes us even, I think, rooted a little bit more in this community. But, um, but it's you're, you're a special guy, and we're lucky to have you in this community. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with you today. Well, thank you, Rick. It is all very kind. Uh, you know, it's uh, this is a special place. Kind of going back to your your introduction. Um, you know, the Gulf Coast and really the state of Mississippi, I think, is is quite unique in the relationships that we have with not only the people that that we've known forever, friends and like yourself and, and family, but it doesn't take long for somebody new to this area to become part of that. And I, you know, I, I can't really explain how or why that happens. Uh, I guess if we could, we could certainly bottle it up and 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 uh, and sell it. But it's a it's a unique characteristic of the of the coast and of the state, and uh, we should all be proud of that. Like you said. Well, listen. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of territory. Coastal Mississippi is the economic engine that drives this state. You and I have talked about that many times. I, I want to get your perspective on on the coast economy uh, situation, which is doing better than most, but we'll get your perspective on that. I want to get the latest coming uh, on on your company. You know, what's what's happening at your company these days since it's been a while since we talked. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about, in uh, maybe the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about this challenge that, that I discussed at the uh, One Coast Awards this year. Some things that every community fights, but it's something we have to be focused on and if we stay focused on it, we can continue to raise the bar. We'll come back to that in just a second. I think really a kind of a good place to start is is uh, how's it going, man? What's the latest at your company? <laughs> well, uh, you know, begin with we're all uh, I think very fortunate that the hurricane season has uh, has been a little milder, knock on wood, than uh, than many anticipated. You know, they were talking about up to up to like 16 18 storms this year and and uh we've not come anywhere close to that thankfully you know i guess we're kind of due to have a a little bit of a slow year but as you know i mean that this time of the year we we're really geared up to respond and uh it's been it's been a little slower and i think that's that's a very good thing because all that's going on in the uh, you know the, the national and, and worldwide economy uh really bad set of storms could really set the country back and uh, we don't need that right now and so we're very blessed i think to, to have had a bit of a mild year so that's been good for the company that's allowed us to uh to really focus on some of the things that we had in our in our plan to do a lot of construction activity um you know we we've done a lot of um technical advancement on the on the infrastructure you know the poles and wire out there uh, people don't realize we we have about uh, you know 60% of that now is behind a, a, a complete automated scheme which means uh, a car hits a pole uh, the, the scheme corrects itself without any human intervention um, which has been tremendous we we had the we've actually had the best reliability in the state in our history last year and if things stay on track this year will be better than last year so you know technology is really working i think to the betterment of uh, of the state and and for our customers so that's that's what we've really been focused on and and you know and, and i guess as partner to that um after the pandemic you know things were i think in the communities slow to get ramped back up in terms of just doing 
community events, as you well know, because you're involved in so many of them. Uh, you know, we, we've gotten our uh, employees back out there. We, we've turned them loose. We don't, have to, we don't have to push them very hard. We just told them it's, it's good to go. And uh, they've really been back out there involved in, in the things that, uh, that matter to our community. So it's been a good year. It has been a good year. You know, I thought I've talked a lot about the hurricane season because obviously we're all so darn conditioned by it. And it was supposed to be it was supposed to be another really, really active season. And as you pointed out, we didn't experience that. And it was interesting to to look at cruising the coast this year, which was a record, a record year. I mean, just incredibly successful. What a great event that is, not just for the coast, for the, for the state of Mississippi, but to, to look at the beautiful beach and, you know, the, the sea oats and, you know, uh, how, how just ready we were in coastal Mississippi for that event this year. And, and to reflect a bit about how if we had had to deal with when we're resilient, we, we can, we can, we're going to bounce back from just about anything these days, but but the fact that we didn't have to deal with that, we, we, we were able to have an even better and, and more of a shining moment in that event. And so to me, that, that event sort of represents the end of the season, even though, of course, Zeta was a, was a big surprise and obviously created big, big challenges for us. But even with Zeta, we bounced back pretty, pretty rapidly, considering as uh, significant as that was. But we're lucky. Hey, what people don't uh, maybe don't appreciate if they haven't heard you and I talk before for your company, it's not just about us getting hit, but it's about this unbelievably intricate plan that you have to support other power companies throughout the coastal regions. So while we may not have gotten direct hits in the last year or two, um, boy, others have. And you, your, your, your team has been super busy supporting other communities. Yeah, we, we really have. Um, you know, the, the electric utilities have a, a mutual assistance um, process really i guess is what you would call it where no matter who gets hit the others are going to come and uh in in the the response rate to that is just unbelievable i mean it's it's like a hundred percent because all of us know that at some point we're going to be the one asking for that kind of support to come our way and uh we've been the beneficiaries of that in the past and and we certainly try to go out and and, and help as much as we possibly can um ida was a, a terrible storm as you know um a lot of a lot of customers impacted in florida um interesting we the mutual assistance plan for us that they asked us to actually go up on the east coast as as the storm went back out into the atlantic and, and back into the into the east coast they, we were slated to go up into the Carolinas. Let's do this, Anthony. We'll pick up right there when we come back on the other side and talk about the, the master plan around Hurricane Ian. We'll see you after this break. or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Anthony Wilson, who is the chairman, president, and CEO of Mississippi Power. When we went to break, we were actually talking a little bit about Hurricane Ian and the and the sort of how that master plan played out. Your your team didn't go directly to Florida, but instead were dispatched to the East Coast to sort of deal with uh, the impact of the storm there. You can finish that part of the story. Yeah. I'm- what I was going to say uh, as we went to break was that the storm did hit, but it didn't cause the kind of damage that they had anticipated. So then they turned us around, headed us back south um, like we were headed into Florida. And then at that point, you know, they had probably 40,000 line personnel in Florida. So they decided they didn't they didn't have room for or need for any any further assistance. So we came back home. So it was a couple of days of driving. Um, but that's okay. I mean, that's 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 what we all plan to try to do to to help each other. So, uh, you know, yeah, that, it, it really did. I'm getting lights back on. Yeah, I've been studying the numbers coming from the Red Cross and the impact. The impact was significant, as we all know, for Fort Myers Beach and Fort Myers and those surrounding communities. But it hit a really highly populated area. And there are going to be a lot of needs. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people flooded who didn't have flood insurance. We experienced that here after Hurricane Katrina. But if you look at the damage estimates on like major damage, for example, uh, not nearly what they initially expected. But again, in those concentrated areas, we're talking about obliteration, really extraordinarily challenging times. But if, if you were to sort of take that fingerprint of the impact and move it up to Tampa Bay, Man, that would have been potentially the worst case scenario for Tampa Bay, and that didn't play out. But you know, it's a there's so many areas of the of uh, of the of the Gulf Coast that are like ticking time bombs for one of those major hurricanes, and we we keep getting lucky, but eventually we're not going to be lucky. And you know, the the, the I think we'll we'll see a blip on the economic. Uh, barometer for the entire United States when that when that worst case scenario hits a direct hit to Fort Lauderdale or or Miami or Tampa uh, or Houston you know in in the way that it could from a storm surge point of view but it's it's coming but you guys are ready when it happens aren't you I think we are we you know we're we're well practiced and uh, it's it's something that's really really important to to our company and to our employees, and and we owe that to our customers because they're they're counting on us. As you you and I have talked about in the past, electricity is uh you know it's a quality of life uh, product. I mean, you, you lose your electricity, your uh, the way we live our lives uh, changes, and yeah. uh, we're, we're, we know that, and we're we're very attuned to trying to to not let that happen for any longer than uh, it absolutely has to. Well, you mentioned the automation that's happening now and that 60% is automated. That is no small project that you guys uh, have involved been involved in. It's a multi-year project. And if I had to describe it as something sort of related to this, this response that we're talking about at hurricanes, I mean, it is an effort to make you certainly more productive and more efficient, but at the same time, a hell of a lot more resilient. Yeah. And uh, it's, I mean, when you're talking about it, not having to have human interaction when you, for example, someone hits a, a telephone pole like you talked about a few minutes ago, or the ability to kind of bounce back after a storm, um, it, it has had significant impact to your resiliency, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is, Ricky. It's uh you know, you still you still have to send line crews out to replace that pole that was hit, but the power on both sides of it is is restored automatically. And uh, you know, it, it would have been tough to imagine that 
20 years ago. And so the technology technology's changed very quickly. Um, but you know, we, it's it's not only that. It's 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 using higher class. When I say higher class, bigger, more more resilient uh, poles. Um, you know, some people think that putting everything underground solves a lot of storm problems. It it really does not because you get saltwater intrusion into all the underground equipment. So that that's a problem for a community like ours. You know, it might be an answer if you're. 20 miles off the coast, but uh, there's all kinds of uh, things that, that play into and factor into what you do to an electric system when you're right here on the on the Gulf Coast. So, uh, you know, we're, we're pleased with what we've, what we've seen from that technology implementation, but, you know, there's more to do. And as, as things become available, we're going to use it. Listen, I mentioned cruising the coast, and I, I think maybe cruising the coast is a good lead-in to a discussion about the coast economy and your current thinking about it. One of the, people said, you know, with inflation and the price of gas, why did cruising the coast do so well? And I think one of the reasons it did so well is that, first of all, it's unlike any other cruising event in America. So if someone was going to choose, let's say like they do two events a year. One, they go to a field somewhere and have a great event and display their car. Or, you know, they maybe also go to cruising the coast, which actually get to actually cruise in their car. If they had to choose between two, they picked us because we have a competitive advantage. We have this incredible uh, uh, Beach Boulevard, and we have casinos and beauty and this great, wonderful event that spans 40 miles of Mississippi's coast. That competitive advantage, you can start to break that down from a tourist point of view, whether it be Chevron or what's happening with Stennis. You start to break it down. In the, in the wake of the pandemic, we performed incredibly better than a lot of communities like ours. And we still kind of held our own. But what's your read on it coming from you? You have the ability. You look at the ultimate barometer. So what's your read on it? Yeah, it was a tremendous year this year. And, you know, I'd like to say, well, they, they came because the weather was perfect, but they didn't know the weather was going to be perfect. It, it, that was just a that was just, a, I guess, a blessing we all had during that during that 10 days. But um you know, people are excited about being here. I, I'll give you a good example. I was, I was talking to a guy at a restaurant uh, during, during cruising, and he was from uh, Illinois and had two cars here. And he goes to events all over the United States around, you know, completely around the, the calendar. I mean, that's his thing. And he said that the cruising on the Mississippi Gulf Coast is his absolute favorite location. He's been coming here 16 years. And I asked him, well, why? why? Why do you feel so strongly about the Mississippi Gulf Coast? And he says, because I feel welcome here. And I thought that was a, that was a great reason in just a few words uh, for why he and his wife feel like, you know, coming to the Gulf Coast is the highlight of their year. And uh, they just feel like this is a welcoming place. Uh, people here are glad that they're here. Um, the, the people that come have been coming like he has for a long time. So he says the fellow cruisers are all like family at this point. And, uh, you know, again, it kind of goes back to your introduction. I mean, this is a this is a welcoming place. People feel like no matter where they're from, when they get here, they're at home. And, um, you know, that's the, he, he confirmed that 
Uh, and so that's a that's a competitive advantage we have that contributes to our economic success. When you look at sort of the the macros on the economic performance of coastal Mississippi, what do you see? Well, you know, if if I look at the the metrics that we look at, and that that's that's new connections, new installs, we call it. Uh, we're going to have right at two thousand this year, just in our service territory. And, and uh, that's, a, that's a significant number because that's not people, that's electrical connections. So each one of those connections has a family attached to it or a business attached to it. So there's literally thousands new people coming to the Gulf Coast that, that we see in those connections. And uh, it's exciting. And, and for a while, we saw residential connections, but very little commercial but we're seeing the commercial follow behind that now. We have probably uh, a year to date, I think it's around 600 commercial connections. That's a big number uh, for the coast. So that could be anything from a, a mom and pop uh, drugstore to a, to a Walmart to any, all of that's classified as commercial. But uh, in total, it's growing. And if you, if you look at a, at a, a little bit uh, more micro look across our cities. I mean, look at, look at the expansion that's going on in Pascagoula for, you know, with the, with the new city center over there. That's, that's good stuff. I mean, that's going to really help that whole entire area of, of Pascagoula. And, and then what's going on downtown in Bluxy, um, that is not only is it a restoration of some really beautiful old buildings that we all love because we grew up here but it's going to put it's going to put life back into the into the downtown and of course there's some really big projects going on here in Gulfport uh, this project it's potentially going to go and I think will go at the corner of 49 and, and 90 here I think it's a game changer it's mixed juice it's going to bring not only uh, life back to this area after after dark because it's going to have very, very nice residential, but it's also going to have uh, commercial underneath. I think that's going to be a great project. And, and you just go across the coast. There's good things going on all the way to Bay St. Louis. That, that's a, you know, Bay St. Louis, Ocean Springs, they get a lot of the, they get a lot of the attention because, hey, they, they have done some great things to make, uh, to make those locations uh, very popular. The, the cruisers, the cruisers, uh, they'll tell you they love going to those little, those little towns. And I love the way all this connects back to the strategic plan around the new economy that the Coast Business Council put together. I mean, this is this is serious stuff that that will pay dividends and for for many many years to come. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Anthony Wilson from Mississippi Power Company. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Anthony Wilson, the chairman, president, and CEO of Mississippi Power. And you know what? It's interesting. When you were talking, Anthony, if you listened to every show every day, what you would hear me say 
is a lot of what you just said about Ocean Springs and Bay St. Louis tend to be the the, the, the communities people talk about when they get into this you know walkable community and what's happening. And but they don't tend to think of places like Pascagoula and Moss Point and Gulfport and Biloxi and and what's happening in these other communities. They would think that I actually prepped you prior to the show, but I didn't. I didn't prep you prior to the show. But it's true. And it and the way it connects back to this notion of the new economy is that in the new economy, we have to build the kind of places that people want to live. That's where a lot of the opportunity is going to be. Uh, certainly traditional industrial, you know, economic development is still there. But where, where there is a huge opportunity is in this, this class of jobs that can live anywhere. And they're going to choose to live here because the cost of living is low. And we really get the fact that they want to live, work, and play in a similar area. We've really made a lot of good progress in that area, haven't we? We, we really have. You know, um, economic development has changed uh, from, its, from the way it's always been done. It, you know, you used to have to have uh, a particular site in, or building, and you still do need some of that uh, for certain industries, but other industries are not looking for that. They're looking for the place that their em employees would love to live right and then that's where they go and then the communities at that juncture then has to come together and support that uh, their desire to be in that community it's a little it's a little reversed than the than the way it used to be and uh i think we're we're on the front edge of figuring out how to play in that world and um you know the the the, the build outs that we just talked about, the expansions, the growth, uh, is going to play directly into that. Uh, he, he, one, of the biggest, one of the biggest things that attracts these new companies into an area is a walkability scale. And, you know, that's a, that, I guess that's a new term in, in, in economic development, but it's very real. And it's about how walkable is the community. In other words, when, when one of these, uh, and I'll say it, young folks move to, to an area like that, how walkable is that community? They want it to be very walkable. They want to be able to walk to church. They want to walk to the store. They want to walk to their job. They want to walk to everything. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of, that's new to us, but it's new to a lot of communities. And the good news is, I think, we're moving in that direction, and it's exciting to see. I've had a couple on my show a couple of times, actually just, just this past week, just really inspiring couple. Their names are uh, Shari and Craig Davis, and they opened the Jackson Pearl, which is a wedding and events place in downtown Ocean Springs, and also, a, um, uh, a, I guess it's a, a house that they rent out in, for events, and also people can stay there, called the Bootleg Howl in downtown Biloxi. You know, you and I were talking, you know, during the break, and you think about what the mayors of Moss Point and Pascagoula are doing to sort of help facilitate this and move it along. When they, when when Shari and Craig talk about it, they talked about one of the first meetings they had was with Kenny Holloway in downtown Ocean Springs and how accommodating he was and how he worked with them to move things along. <clears throat> then they talked about the effort in Biloxi and how f working with FOFO was so amazing. You know, we've got, we, you know, we've got a stretch of, of coast mayors now 
so many of them had success in their lives and didn't actually need to be mayor, but they wanted to be mayor to make a contribution back to the communities they grew up in. But we're, but we're lucky in that we have this great collection of, of mayors that sit, feel a sense of urgency and want to facilitate. And that's uh, you know, kind of you know the point that you were making a few minutes ago, but it is terrific to see, isn't it? It really is. Um, you know, I, you and I both have lived in, in different communities and different states and and to have a collection of mayors like we have is is pretty rare. I mean, it's it doesn't happen in, in every community. And, uh, you know, they, they really are, to begin with, they're good people. You know, if you yeah. start with that. And uh, they are good people. And they want the best for their community. And uh, they're, they're doing their best to, to move the ball forward. And, uh, and I think they're having some success because because they're working together that's something that's new to the coast i think they're working yeah. to the betterment of the entire coast and yeah. uh, and <laughs> doing so their own communities are really benefiting there's no doubt about that. I give Billy Hughes a lot of credit with the one coast concept and the fact that these mayors are having regular meetings and conference calls and you know, they can be competitive, but there's a lot of things they share, and all those things they share, they should speak with one voice, and I think they've done a much better job at that. I had the opportunity this year to give the keynote for the One Coast Awards, and I, I want to get your thoughts on what this challenge that I shared with them entails. So let me just give you, I'm going to read a, a quick little segment from this. Um, but we have to get better at fighting ever-present challenges that work overtime to hold regions like ours back. Now, this is, this. I go on to say that this is, you know, this has, this is a, a chat. These are challenges that exist in any community, and uh, and we've got to just be focused on it. That there is always going to be a serious gravity toward mediocrity, and uh, we're not immune to that gravity. Too many people work too hard to protect the status quo. We've got to expect more from ourselves and elected officials to win. There has to be trajectory. Without trajectory, there is, yeah, excuse me, there is no trajectory in mediocrity. Uh, so the first one is sim simply we've got to we've got to we've got to fight mediocrity. The second one, Jerry St. Pei talked about in a video that I shared, and he said that our biggest enemy is complacency. It keeps us from dreaming bigger. It zaps our collective energy as a region. Those regions that compete with ours, they pray for our complacency. And then the last one was this one that we don't have enough leaders that get it. Most communities don't. Uh, we need more leaders who see what is possible, who covet our potential, who understand that we are a collection of communities that come together to create this powerful region with common goals. That's why leadership development is so important. And then I just close with that. These are the big time challenges, but leadership commitment, focus, and hard work will help us overcome these challenges and achieve things for coastal Mississippi beyond our wildest imagination. You know, if I had to say there's a Anthony, there's a, a theme for Coast View beyond celebrating people that make this a better place to live, work, and play. It would be that I would be urging private and public sector leaders to constantly, and citizens for that matter, to constantly fight the status quo, you know, to to want to raise the bar and to, to learn that complacency is our enemy. And one of the things that gives me hope is that over the se over 700 conversations that I've had, uh, more and more people get that, and more and more people are fighting up against that. But every community's got it. Everywhere you've been, everywhere I've been, that's always something you got to fight. And those that succeed more are the ones who do a great job of overcoming those challenges. What are your thoughts about that? 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. It, it's ironically, we, we, we talk about complacency here at the company a lot about, uh, especially around safety. You know, you, we have a very, very good safety record. And uh, we, we try to make sure that complacency never gets a foothold in our discussions and our, in our culture surrounding taking care of each other in, a, in, a, in the safety environment. I think that very same thing holds true in our communities. Uh, you know, complacency, it's, it's, um, it's, such a, it's such a behind the scene kind of thing. You don't know that it's set in until something negative happens. And usually a series of negative things happen. And then you finally figure out, well, wait a minute, you know, why did, why did we let this, this, and this happen? And, and sometimes it's, it's simply because we, uh, we felt like we had it going so well, let's just don't rock the boat. Let's just, let's just hold what we have and we're going to try to keep it as long as we can. And then if something bad happens, we'll deal with it. You know, that, that may work for a few days or maybe even a few years. But if you start thinking about the long term and the next generation, you know, that's what, you know, you and I talk all the time about grandkids. You, you, want, you want the next generation to have an even more robust, uh, better place to live than we even have today. And, uh, you know, you got to desire that and you got to work toward that. It's not, a, it's not enough to want it. You got to be willing to invest a little of yourself in it to make it happen. And, um, you know, complacency is a, it's a real thing and it can be a very bad thing if we let it get a toehold. I think that it's a lot about building kind of a head of steam and creating sort of a compelling case for action, you know, a compelling vision for the set of communities that make up Coastal Mississippi. And then, you know, making it so compelling that people, you know, everyone beginning to see what is possible. And then when they see what is possible, there's a there's a drive and an energy and uh, and maybe some unacceptance of anyone who says, well, no, I don't really want that. I, I think we'll fight for the status quo. Now, look, fighting for the status quo usually happens in a very sort of behind the scenes kind of way. It's very passive aggressive. But. You, you know, that, like you just talked about your company, because few people aren't, you aren't achieving goals. The numbers are starting to look bad. And what gets measured ultimately gets done. When we come back with Anthony Wilson from Mississippi Power Company, we'll have a terrific final segment. We'll see you after this. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. You know, I, well, first of all, Anthony Wilson, uh, the chairman, CEO, and president of Mississippi Power is with us today. He's a good friend, and we uh, we both desire great things for this community and for, you know, the generations to come because there's so much potential here. Uh, one, of the, one of the things we talked about a lot after Hurricane Katrina, and we, we sort of mentioned this in the, in the early part of our conversation, when we built back after Hurricane Katrina, it was so important for us to build back into the infrastructure of this community uh, resiliency. So we had the ability to bounce back because the reality is that storms and other challenges were going to were going to were going to come, 
and we just had to have the ability to bounce back. And and that's going to actually spell success for us going forward because we did. We spent billions of dollars building that into our infrastructure. But, you know, when you look at our region as the, as the economic engine for the state, and you've been involved in statewide economic uh, development efforts and just, just discussions around leadership in this community across, across Mississippi, not just in coastal Mississippi, when you think about Man, Chevron and Ingalls on one end and what's happening at Stennis and all that incredible innovation and new goals to go to space and then, you know, hospitality and all this other stuff. And what we just mentioned about building great communities that people want to live in. We have a lot going for ourselves, don't we? We, we really do. Uh, you know, and it, and it may not feel like it to us, but... The real estate prices are still, com relative to other places in the country, are very affordable. And as we talk to some of our newer customers who are moving into into the into the coastal area, they're saying that you know not only is it the you know the welcoming uh, atmosphere here, the, the that whole that whole experience. But the prices here to live life is still reasonable. Uh, now it's you know I'm not saying it's it's cheap, but I'm saying it's relative to other communities all across this United States. These prices are very competitive, so that is drawing people in here, especially since now they can they can work most anywhere in a lot of different careers. That you know they can work they can live anywhere and work virtually. Um, just just like the show we're doing today uh, and it, it's happening I mean you can talk to if you if you bump into somebody at the at the at the grocery store don't be surprised if they tell you oh we just moved here from Indiana uh, I ran into somebody the other day that had just moved their family from Indiana and I said well why the Mississippi Gulf Coast and they said well we actually looked at what's it cost to live in different communities assuming we wanted to live near the water you know the water is always the thing right and uh their research said you need to check out coastal mississippi and they did and long story short they they bought a home here and moved their family and he still works um in indianapolis that's his job but he lives here and uh, that kind of thing happens a lot. There's so many things about the coast that's attractive that I don't think we that we really think about. Um, but it's a place that people want to come as long as we're investing in the livability of the Gulf Coast. And the, the, the other point that, that I made in that challenge, and I just want to make sure we don't we don't move past it too fast. Uh, it might be a great way to close out the show. The leadership development that's happening across the coast through the business council, through the chambers, through experiential leadership that's taking place in nonprofits and all of that with, with leaders in this community expecting people who work inside their companies to get out and get in the trenches so they can learn more about what's happening and make a contribution back to the community. And, I'll, you know, I think when you get involved in that way, it makes your company stronger because you're more in touch with what's happening. But also you're able to help, you know, fill gaps, the thousand points of light that I talk about all the time. But leadership development could not be more important uh, than, I mean, it's hugely important to us in coastal Mississippi, isn't it? It really is. I mean, that, as you know, because you've been associated with our company, I, that is something 
that is so important to us. I mean, we, we focus on leadership development at all levels of our, of our company. And a big part of that is encouragement to get involved in the community. And, you know, I, to, to me, people oftentimes are searching for the perfect place to jump in. But pick, pick something that you'd like, pick something that you're passionate about and jump in, you know, be a, be a, be a part of something. And before you know it, uh, you've become, uh, you become a key part of, of making the coast better. I, I, you know, I've, I quote John Harrison all the time, but he talked about, you got to do your reps. <laughs> you just got to do your reps. Yeah. And there's something addictive really about getting in and working with others who care deeply about the community and, you know, whether you're, whether you're, it's at a, a ground level, it's something like United Way or the Mississippi Economic Development Council. The reality is that there are all these talented people working together. You can learn from all of them. I don't care how long you've been around. I mean, I, you know, I was involved in so many different ways for so many years. And still on this show, daily, I learned something new about how we can raise the bar as it, as it relates to leadership. Anyway, we're out of time, Anthony. It's been a pleasure, my friend, to, to visit with you today. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Always enjoy. You bet, man. You bet. We'll see you. Have a great day, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Supertalk MS Coast 103.1. A Supertalk Mississippi Media Production.